0: It's story time at Disc Radio. <tries> Coming from us to you. Hello there. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. I'm your host, Connor McMullen, back with another update before we start our conversation. This is with an old friend of mine, a very good friend, and a bad word or two might slip out. So just so you know, if you're listening with children or someone who doesn't want to hear that, be advised. The other thing I want to say before we start this conversation is as it begins, you might find yourself judging the content and the topic and the ideas that we're discussing and the lifestyles that are associated with it. And it would ask you to reserve your judgment until the very end of the show. I think our guest has some really important things to say at the very end that will provide more context and illuminate a little bit more how we both feel about this topic so thank you once again and i hope you enjoy as much as i did uh constantine it's been a while since we've seen each other um how are you doing
1: i'm doing quite i'm doing great yeah (laughs) i think it's been one year since we saw each other
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) Roundabouts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and what what a year it has, you know. Sometimes it feels like ten minutes. Sometimes it feels like ten decades. Um, you know, we were talking just a minute before the show uh, about introductions, and I'm not sure I could introduce uh, introduce you to the world because I think every time we we end up meeting up somewhere, uh, you're usually doing something totally different. Um, you know, Constantine is a man of many paths. So, so I'm curious if you could tell us uh, just a little bit about what you're doing now uh, and what you're up to these days.
1: Uh, I just started college in Germany, and I uh, yeah I study social work. So I, I want to become a social worker. I'm not sure about in in which direction to go from there, but let's. I I just want. It's my wish to work with people. I think I'm I'm good at that. So, but I, yeah, it's been a, yeah, it's been a long path to come here (laughs) because I was never really sure in my life what what I really want to do. So, um, after school, I I started just, uh, yeah, looking for jobs. Yeah, really. But but at that time, it was really difficult in Germany. So, but after one year, just. With little jobs, I became a brewer. I made, uh, yeah. So I started at the third oldest brewery in the world <laughs> to become a brewer, right? And after that, uh, I, I made the brewmaster, like, but uh, not on college. It's it's more a handcrafts uh, education. Yeah, and then I I went to. India for a year, first I went to Upper Franconia, then I went to India for a year, that's where I met Connor, (laughs) in the foreign office there, and after one year in India, I went to Switzerland, always being a brewmaster, working as a, yeah, head of production, but I wasn't, yeah, after a few years, I realized I'm not really happy with that job, so I had to change again, something in my life. (laughs) <laughs> and then I uh, moved into a, a yeah like a hippie house <laughs> with with eight people lived there for three years. Um, yeah, just financing my life with little jobs, not working too much. <laughs> and after that, uh, I needed a change again, so I went to Austria with a good friend of mine and became a, a ski teacher for children. That was the point when I realized I really want to work with humans. I really want to work with people. I want to help people uh, take fear from them. That, that's what I really can do. That's what, yeah, what I. But that's what my life uh, makes my life better. I really have fun when I do this. When I can help people, so and that's why I decided now to go to college, become a social worker. <laughs> quite a story.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's quite a story. So you're you're back in, you're still in Pfaffenhofen or in in Munich area. I live now with my family in Pfaffenhofen again. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> After almost ten years, I moved back in. But it's it's interesting because uh, I think we never never had a, su- such a good relationship like we do now. <laughs> oh wow! And yeah, and. Yeah, but but uh, college is in Munich. So I go yeah. by train every day.
0: Okay, not too bad. <laughs> yeah, that's that's cool that you say that the interesting now is is better than it was when you were young. Um I'm curious
1: I had, I had a lot of fights with my mom when I was young, in my teenage years. Um, yeah, a lot of screaming and because I'm I'm really rebellious <laughs> and I have two brothers, but I'm I'm the sandwich child, so I'm the middle and I was really rebellious and always yeah, I had yeah, I've put my head through the wall <laughs> and but these days are over, I'm now a little bit more grown up. Oh, wow. <laughs> and so we can I can talk to my mom on a on a different level. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, and I guess uh, she's a little more grown up too, huh?
1: That's, of course, changed of course. a lot. She's not so worried uh, anymore about my life. And she she's, has confidence in me and th- that I ha- can handle that all. So. And this just takes a lot of pressure away for me. <laughs> So, because it's really hard when your mom is always on your back and <laughs> do this do that you have to do make something out of your life and <laughs> yeah that's tough
0: yeah yeah my my girlfriend always says you know connor don't worry that's just that's just moms it's just right. how they are and what they do um yeah so it's great it sounds really nice uh the things are things are going smooth and you're enjoying the home life and, and the uni life yeah um yeah so so we talked a little bit about the big question and i mean constantine and i we've we've spent hours and hours and hours telling stories and so i'm really curious to hear um, what you would say if i asked you the question uh, what story changed your life
1: (laughs) hmm. there are different yeah different occasions they which had impact on my life, but wh- when I start, I would say in India, I had the chance to uh, take some LSD with some people. <laughs> I did it before in Germany, but it was not quite as as it it was in India. This intensity, And it was really really strong. I had a, I I, I usually. It, a trip goes twelve hours, but at this time it was over seventeen hours that I was on LSD, and it was quite impressive and a little bit scary in the beginning because it was so intense. But afterwards, it it changed my whole thinking. I had like, hmm, it's really difficult to explain, but in this seventeen hours, my whole Point of view of my life and what means if what it means to be alive and what it means um, what, what you want to do with your life all these points changed in my head and I think it, it was not the the end result that you can say afterwards I, I I know everything and now I'm I'm cured or something like that but it 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 prepared the way to become more happy. in life and yeah and not just that and after a few years i went to a to a big uh, psychedelic festival my first psychedelic festival in portugal it's called boom festival and i was used to metal festivals rock festivals and they're very very different to a psychedelic festival there's a lot of alcohol there's loud music there's uh, not really room to relax or get your head free. It's more like being just <laughs> cloudy in the head. <laughs> but on a, so a friend of mine told me, "Come to come to Portugal, see this festival. You will be amazed." And it was really wow. When you go eight days to a psychedelic festival, um, the first time you think, "Oh, there will be a lot of people taking drugs, and it will be a..." A really weird party, and there are a lot of fucked up people, but it's not like that. I was really surprised to see that they were all really happy and conscious. <laughs> and one situation really impressed me, and this was just the line of the toilet when you were waiting to get into the toilet because there is not really a line of people, people just waiting in front of the toilet, and who has go the most (laughs) to the toilet can go first so people look at each other and decide who is really has to go and then they let him go first and this happened not just once this is all the time on this festival like that and this is really i thought wow this is really different these people think different (laughs) this is not this is not like usual uh, yeah, or or for example, when you put your backpack down on the on the ground on the dance floor, nobody will fall over it. Everybody will walk out for it. They are so conscious about their surroundings. Even if you put a bottle of beer on the ground, nobody will run run over it. <laughs> they just dance around it. And this is this impressed me really really much. And so it, these two experiences. Uh, changed my life to a point where i accepted that psychedelics is a part of my life and yeah and still it helps me <laughs> for me it is it is like a a medicine and a way of life
0: yeah it's it's interesting that you that you brought up this um this story of the lion uh, <clears throat> because i think when we look at like any line or any queue that's forming today, especially now, so with the Corona Pass and everything, you know, a, a friend of mine, an old colleague, once said, "Well, this is the face down generation. Everyone's just looking at their phones, and when they have a spare moment, their faces are down." Um, obviously, that's not something that's going to be happening at Boom, and I find it really interesting because to to give a bit of background, looking around and and paying attention to the people you're in line with is how Constantine and I met. Um, and right. I think I, I think that there is, you know, <laughs> there is a point to that. Um, and so I'm I'm curious to to hear when you came back from Boom and the first time you had like a real queue, like a real line uh, with with this face down people. How was that?
1: Um. Yeah, it is quite hard to come back from Boom because. When you go to this festival, in the beginning, you have to adapt in your head because it's so different that you first think, what the hell is going on here? But then after time, you, you adapt and then you think, wow, this is great. It should always be like that. And when you come back into the real world, <laughs> then people behave quite different. We all know that. And But yeah, you're kind of a little bit shocked. It's like a culture shock when you go to another country and then... The, the best thing you can do is to put your experiences is, and put it in the real life and change the world. Just, you know, when you're happy and smile at people, they will smile back. <laughs> and I think this is the way to go. Yeah, we have to be a, a, a better person to let the other be, uh, other people become
0: better persons too. <laughs> And so how do, we, how do we do that? I mean, aside from just, just smiling, like what's the, what's the secret, do you think? <laughs>
1: I thought a lot about that. <laughs>
0: I thought a lot about that.
1: It's not that easy. <laughs> because a lot of people think if they take a, a psychedelic, this is the only thing they have to do. Just look behind the curtain and it will change everything. It's not simple like that. You have to work with it. It's like a really uh, uh, a powerful tool. You can see behind the curtain and you can find answers for yourself. But you have to adapt these answers and this uh, new consciousness into your life, into your normal social life and uh, your work life and everywhere. But this is the really hard part and this is where you have to work on yourself. <laughs> I yeah, it's it's not easy for me too. And uh and it's from time to time I have to look again behind the curtain to remind myself what's the right path.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, I, I find a lot of parallels, actually, in, in what you said about you know adapting and, and helping people to kind of um, get a new frame of reference or perspective on what's going on internally versus what they see going on externally. And then I, when you started talking about that, I was wondering for a second, wait, is he talking about psychedelics or is he talking about social work? Um, because the way you said it, it seemed like it could be either. Yeah,
1: there. Mm, I think this is quite. It's almost the same, or because it does not really matter if you take psychedelics. You can also get a higher co- a state of consciousness with meditation or just uh, living That's a right. relaxed life, or or through religion. How how you want to do it. You don't need necessarily some any drugs for that. But with the drugs, you. You get like I said, it's a really powerful tool to get faster there where you could go with meditation. And then and sometimes this can help for people they they don't want to see or they don't you cannot you cannot bring people to change themselves, but some people need a little kick in the ass. <laughs> and I think <laughs> and the psychedelics, this is what they do. They give you a little a push, (laughs) and say, hey, come on, look in this direction. (laughs) Did you see this? I I just want to show you that. And sometimes it's like that for me. I just, in this summer, I've been to Switzerland and uh, and met a good friend of mine, and he's a psychologist. And he gave me um, uh, some Pedro cactus, and this is, uh, it's called Wachuma in, in South America. And I did it really like in a shamanic way. So I uh, did not drink alcohol in that day. I did not take any other drugs. I did it in the morning. I only had a cup of tea before it. I did not eat the whole day uh, till, till the afternoon. And, and, uh, with, and it was, uh, I did a lot of meditation. And this was a quite really strong experience. Like quite different, but it was like at one point I had a really a warm feeling in my chest, like my heart would grow bigger. And then I really had to cry because I was so happy and because this feeling of love came through my chest into my heart. And this was really something I had never before. And but uh, uh, such a great experience. But and it was uh, it was like. It would take my hand and would hug me <laughs> and t- show me that there's enough love in the world for me too. This was like kind the kind of the the answer for my questions. <laughs> and this is sometimes such a powerful experience and so different to my ex- experiences as before, so that I always again um, I'm really really uh, surprised by this. Every time again. And every time I have the feeling afterwards, it changed something in my thinking, or in the way of how I look at the world, how I look at my life. Yeah, and afterwards, I'm always more conscious, relaxed, and yeah, and
0: hmm, more happy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I, I you know, I, I can't say that I have all of the same experiences, but Constantine and I have shared our journeys together and I've had my own. Um and I, I also always get the same that same set of feelings after after this kind of journey. And I know <clears throat> we've talked about it before and, and we know how both how impossible it is. But I'm wondering if maybe we can take a stab at it now and, and try to decide together. Uh, how to tell the people who who have not seen behind the curtain what is what is back there. Um, because it is that really powerful experience and it's for each of us to discover ourselves. But I'm wondering what what we could tell people about what's back there.
1: Mm-hmm. It's really personal and it is really individual. If I ask um, friends, they did it, everybody tells me another story. And this is also every time you do it, it creates a new, it's a a different experience. And because it depends so much on on your situation, where you are in life, what, what, what are the thoughts in your head, which personal contacts you got at the moment. And do you have any difficulties or or but but back to your question what what can you tell people (laughs) is it's very difficult but i would say just if somebody asked me what can i expect i would say just lay back relax and let it happen because then it will be it will show you something if you try to force it or fight against it, it will not happen. You have to really be, um, don't be afraid and just let go. <laughs> and then it will be really great. What then comes cannot be bad. It will, it will just show you how great life can be. Yeah, All the bad feelings and bad thoughts, if they come, they're just a part of that. It it is in this um, process of knowing yourself better, so that you also accept the dark sides. <laughs> yeah, that's what I think. This is really
0: important to tell people too. <laughs> this, yeah, I, I think when I when I think about that, I totally agree with the, with the personal and you know it's, it's difficult to describe. What I often notice is that most of these dark things or the, the kind of scary moments, they are coming from inside. You know, they are just your mind working faster and harder. And if you look again, oh, I can see it now in a different light. Um, and yeah, I think that's also when we look at the big picture of, of your journey from, from India to boom to Switzerland, um, that that relaxation and that kind of following this this light uh, and this journey is like coming through stronger and stronger every time we talk, right so right. I think the the footing becomes more sure the more practice you have in it, whether it's meditation or or fitness or however you want to achieve this this higher level of confidence uh, of uh consciousness uh, oh, it is insane. in a way about about confidence and and just relaxing and and letting it happen um yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um Yeah, <on>, and <laughs> uh I I I once uh, yeah, and I had to think about what you told uh, told me now about uh um you know in India on my big trip and with the 7 hours LSD trip I had we watched a movie about skiing and I watched in India where it was really hot like <laughs> 30 degrees outside Celsius and I watched with two Indians that never saw snow in their life a, a movie about skiing and this movie was for me in this situation a really eye opener I don't know why after a few years when i was a ski teacher i finally understood why <laughs> because it leded me to this place to this where I, i've been then as a ski teacher i was really happy i had to work with kids and this is uh, what i really like to do and i was i was just happy there i was every day could do sports i was in nature sun was shining people were happy and so it re- reminded me at this movie I watched in India and so and then I had this feeling like ah yeah it it had to become like that. So maybe I don't think it was a sign, but but I think it was I felt like when I watched that movie I need to become that person who feels like this guy in this movie. <laughs> like yeah I think I yeah I hope I can you can understand.
0: <laughs> well, I, I, think, I think I got it. I got it clearly. It really reminds me of something. Uh, and I know <clears throat> we've, we've shared his work back and forth, but Joseph Campbell talks about uh, storytelling and, and what is the fundamental challenge of storytelling. And it's like, you know, how can you describe to somebody the feeling of skiing down a mountain if they've never skied down a mountain? Uh, but I would say the only way which you could do it is if you are at this higher level of consciousness and you are sharing that experience in that room, in that moment. Um, Then I could imagine that for a few seconds or maybe a bit longer, you do have this ability to share that feeling. Um, And that in a way, and this is really into the storytelling side of it, in a way you got that feeling for the first time from them. Uh, And it kind of infected you or inspired you then uh, in some way to to feel that and to think, you know, I need to be this be this person again, uh, who can bring this experience not to one or two people uh, through a television, but actually being there on the slopes uh, and sharing it with him for the first time.
1: Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people come to me and ask me to be the trip sitter for the first time, but um, I stopped doing that (laughs) i just do it sometimes with when i really would like to do it with that person i don't do it with anybody anymore because i had some experience there which just um exhausting for me it was like i could not enjoy myself while that and And I don't want to like to do that again. So it really depends on the person I do it with. But with a lot of people, it was it. Also, I benefited from that when I trip with uh, these people because I I, I'm invited to see their first trip, (laughs) and so I can learn a lot about that. And this is and when people do this with me. They, I, they have to trust me because they they let me into their really personal inner life, and when they do that, we have a really special connection afterwards. All these people I did this with, we I have a special friendship with, and this is also those which I think is something really magical about it, because it's it's a such an intense experience you share with a person, and it's really personal and and. So it, that you, afterwards, you have to become friends. You you shared, uh, yeah, you shared something so beautiful that you can always trust each other. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like that.
0: I'm just, I'm, I'm thinking about what, what you're saying because I, I was recently on holiday and I saw this sign that somebody had painted, you know, it was obviously a homemade sign um, and they lived at near to a touristy place. And they said, you know, nature is not a place that you visit. Nature is home. Um, and I was thinking about something else that you told me once that I wrote down in my little blue book. Um, I asked you, hey, Constantina, uh, it was Saturday night, late, late at night. said so, you know, are you going to church I I am a hunter. My church is the forest. Um, (laughs) And I think when you talk about this experience of the first trip and this sharing of this just amazing beauty and wonderful beauty, my heart sinks a bit because I feel sometimes that our world is actually that beautiful and it can be that beautiful, but we as society and as government and rules and structures have put up walls so that it cannot be so that then we need to go and seek out these other ways to kind of see why what the world actually is and i'm wondering how we can as a society get closer to the natural beauty of the world that we you and i know exists Um, because i could imagine if a place was so beautiful where you had these Moving moments on a daily basis, and you were forced to be friends with everyone, and the lines were not face down, angry, waiting because I'm late, but rather, oh, you need to go before me, please do. Um, how can we achieve that in in some semblance of reality?
1: Hmm. I think, I think the point is. To, is it, Society has to change their point of view. We have to become more conscious. Um, everybody. So I think um, maybe yoga and meditation is becoming more popular. So this is a good path to go to. But I also see that many people do yoga more as a, a sport or a workout than really uh, meditation. So and this is again this this be fast attitude this this stressful i think so because and also when uh, big companies uh make uh, let their, their their employees meditate in their in their breaks is for me this is not meditation this is just to become a better worker this has nothing to do with becoming more conscious so stress is a big problem here. We need to reduce stress in all of our lives. And how you do that is really up to you. <laughs> but society has to accept that, in my point of view, 8 days work hour is too much. <laughs> you need more life for your family and for your friends and for, your, for yourself. And if you're every day 10 to 12 hours at work, you cannot do that. Then you're only a working machine. Yeah. And you also need big holidays. I think if you do just one week holiday, that's not a holiday. That's a little break from work. But you cannot, yeah, you need to go longer on a holiday, on a trip to leave the country to get your head free. Put out your phone (laughs) and just sleep in nature. See again how beautiful the, the, the leaves on the on the Tree and to just breathe that life in. <laughs> this is what you need to do with drugs or without. How you do that is up to you, but see again. yeah, You need to see again. But I'm really, I, I'm looking forward because I've, in my point of view, the awakening is still going on <laughs> and people get more conscious. Not everybody, but I think maybe we have to change to turn this around and maybe... We become, we as human beings become a higher way of consciousness, gain a higher way of consciousness, become a little bit more than we are now. This is my big wish and my hope.
0: <laughs> well, what a wish and what a <laughs> hope that that I share, and I know that that many people listening uh, will share this. So. Constantine, any last words of wisdom? I mean, you have doused us with them for the last uh, thirty minutes. Um, but anything else you would like to share before we send off for the day?
1: Um, also, wishes or what I like to say is that people should not put substances always in 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 a corner. Don't say a substance is good or is bad substance is always neutral how you uh, use it that's good or bad and this is a big difference and i think this is a big mistake which many people see wrong and we need to accept that a substance or a plant isn't in no way good or bad it's always what we humans do with it (laughs) that's my last (laughs) thing i wanted to say
0: (laughs) well thank you for that i mean we humans can mess up pretty much anything uh so the substances be damned uh, it's on us right <laughs> thank you so much for the wonderful stories and the wonderful con- conversation today and uh we will catch up soon
1: F- thanks for having me <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thank you from the Dutch International Storytelling Center. This has been Disc Radio. This episode was edited and produced by Connor McMullen, with outro music by Bumi Goldson. Please tune in next time for more stories. Awesome
1: here. I did not really think about it. I just... (laughs) I think... Just have a conversation with Connor like we always do.